0: In 2003, the lights went out in New York City. I was at work at the time. No one knew what was happening. I looked around, everybody looked around. We weren't really sure what was going on. Everyone had to figure out what was was happening. I don't want to compare it exactly with the times today when we're locked down. It was very different. That blackout lasted very short, but as soon as it happened, we didn't know if it could have been terrorism. And it was very intense because cell phones stopped working, The refrigerators didn't work. Streetlights didn't work. Everything worked out okay, generally for most people. For weeks afterward, every New Yorker, when we saw each other, we would ask, what did you do during the blackout? And I was very surprised to find, very pleasantly surprised to find, that nearly every story that I heard was of joy and connection. People liked what happened. It was very nervous at first, but then they liked it. Different people concluded different things, but one of the things I concluded was that many technologies that disappeared suddenly that we believe connect us actually separated us, especially ones that were claimed to connect, things like our cell phones, things like social media. Since then, as a result of that experience, I've used technology, I've purposefully chosen to use social media and other technologies less than I would have otherwise. And I've found that my connections are more meaningful, I believe, as a result. That conclusion and that action took insight. I believe that more people would be happier, communities tighter, and society stronger had more people concluded similarly. But most people are pretty busy, they don't have time to reflect. Social media, these products designed for comfort and convenience, they continue to grow since then, significantly more, under the guise of connecting, but I think that they actually continued to separate us. Now fast forward to today, I don't have to say that, and I would be remiss not to say that today, these are troubling times. People are in pain. People are dying. society's stretched. For all we know, very close to breaking points. We're not really sure. Again, I don't need to say it, but I don't want to detract from helping and empathizing with people who are suffering. But people are starting to find silver linings. I'm sure that you guys have seen pictures of nature rebounding. There are clear skies in Beijing. There are canals running clean in Venice. Pollution levels are dropping in cities all around the world. And also people are connecting meaningfully, as we are now without all the polluting of getting together, flying around all over the world. Many people are saying, I hope some of this sticks. I love hope, I hope many things, but I do not want to rely on hope for the things that are most important, like air, water, and human connection. I believe that leadership, intentional leadership, will help people reflect. And to separate these one-time things, like avoiding touching your face, from long-term things that create value and meaning, healthy behaviors and healthy beliefs that stick. Things like that, you don't have to fly all around the world to connect with family or to have control over your career. Struggling together connects more than things like not caring what's coming out the back of the jet plane that hurt other people, those emissions. Managers tell people what to do. They are essential, so we know how to stop the virus. But leaders inspire We as leaders, when we lead, we tell new stories and we connect with values. So I'm gonna share a couple stories that I learned from. I don't claim that these stories are unique or profound. They're probably things that you experience very similar, but I share them to help solidify moves away from polluting behavior to enjoy connecting and connecting without polluting. So my first experience was my first experience with the virus. It came a couple Thursdays ago. My mom was visiting and she was nearby and she texted to cancel the visit to Manhattan which is where I was. She's 76 years old, she has asthma, it was too high of a risk. Also, from then, two weeks later from then, which has already passed, my niece was gonna have a bat mitzvah, so that was planned for two weeks later. Now, I could share the details of my family's struggles, but the net result is that my family is closer for the struggle together, even if we didn't actually spend as much time face to face together. Also, my main source of income last year was from public speaking and corporate speaking that income is gone. It disappeared. Does that mean I'm useless? On the contrary, the lockdown forces me to connect with others, to learn their needs, and to find how to serve them more in the long term, more effectively. So now my work is I'm fighting a lot fewer fires, less short-term nitty-gritty stuff, and more of how do I connect and deliver long-term value. I'm also in my fifth year of not flying, I would estimate that in the past four plus years of not flying, I've talked to about a thousand people about not flying. I would say 998 of them have told me it is absolutely impossible for them to resist flying. Not hard, not that they didn't want to, but impossible. Suddenly, all of them cannot fly. It was always a matter of imagination and motivation. We have built our society on comfort and convenience. We're loath to let go of these things. But when we challenge ourselves, we like life more. We create value and meaning and purpose beyond any comfort and convenience. We've made our society more efficient, but we assumed that pandemics and environmental problems far more serious weren't going to happen, and that made it less resilient and led us to ignore how nature works. A blackout or virus, any one, is rare, but collectively they're normal. Now, I don't want to suggest that unwanted suffering, that we want that. But I want to suggest we learn to improve our lives and society beyond just the here and now, beyond just creating more ventilators. Nature just keeps showing that the predictions are accurate and so we can expect environmental problems that will dwarf this pandemic. Our reactions to these problems will affect us more than the problems themselves. That is, this one motivates compliance, but future ones may provoke conflict, even violent conflict, even wars. I suggest that we actively lead and learn from this experience in the long term, not just hope for the best. That is to say, we purposefully choose stories, images, beliefs, and values to create what we want as individuals and cultures that is meaning, purpose, community, and connection. Thank you.